filibuster receives sponsorship from the Ehrlich Law Office, Discrimination, Wage, and Litigation Solutions for Northern Virginia and the District of Columbia. They want you to know that your rights matter, you deserve to be free from harassment, and you deserve to work. They cover workplace discrimination and wage theft, non-competition and non-solicitation litigation, civil rights, takings and disability, and a lot more. For a free consultation, go to ehrlichlawoffice.com slash filibuster. opening of the show and obviously since i'm talking something's gone wrong um and that terribly, thing is terribly wrong we recorded out of order uh for the convenience of our guests and also because the first segment doesn't really hit there's not really a lot to talk about right now um yeah. and we finished that second segment and then adam i guess forgot that we were doing this part because he also jumped off and he he left like he didn't he's he didn't gone off. he didn't like his computer didn't conk out he was like good night and he was gone so yeah it's me and Ben, and we're going to yep. do the rest of the show, this first part of the show, without Adam, because uh, he, and I mean, unless he jumps back in, uh, it, we'll see what happened. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I was going to use the same cold open, and it, it doesn't really involve Adam. It involves you, Ben, uh, because okay. um, our listeners know you got into pens. Here comes Adam. Uh, he's just going to have to <laughs> listen to this as we're going on. Um, so, so, Ben, you got into pens. Yes. Um, I love been buying pens. You also you mentioned a, a little while ago that you went back and got um you went to a stationery store to get some uh some paper that was yep. more appealing to you. Um yep. and you I, I just yesterday in the mail I got a very nice uh letter from you, handwritten letter, uh yep. with uh on your paper. It's actually really nice paper. Uh it is it, it it's a really nice paper. paper. It's a really, really nice uh, piece of paper. It's also just a really kind uh, gesture from you. So I, I wanted to bring it up on the show because you talked about the pens a bunch. And now it's actually affected somebody else on the show, which is that uh, you sent me this letter. And it's it's a really kind thing. And it's on this. Uh, the paper's no joke. You were, you were not kidding. It's really. I know. Uh, I know. The paper so, really rocks. Yeah. It's from Japan. The paper's good. And my feelings are also as genuine as the paper is. Aww. So thank you. Thank you. Uh, I also got Jason. one and I, yes. I deeply appreciate it. Adam, Adam got one as well. And, and I love both of you. So Adam came in about halfway through that story. Um, yeah. And I, I'm late to my own podcast. He, he figured out while waiting to speak that we are recording and is uh, just going to carry on. Um, so he's stuck <laughs> with uh, uh, Adam. I'll let you start the show since you've jumped in and it's not a goat, goat, welcome goat situation because you're now all present. In that case, hey, hey, welcome in. Uh, <laughs> I'm being directed. <laughs> I'm not used to that. I don't know if I like it. Uh, this is Filibuster, the Black and Red United, and Ben Being Sweet podcast. I'm Adam Taylor, joined as always by Ben Bromley and Jason Anderson. We're all from blackandredunited.com, where most of the time we talk about DC United. Tonight, though, we are talking about two other teams that have been far more successful this uh other mostly terrible year. Um, we are going to have Susie Rance from Sounder at Heart and Ori Benatar from Massive Report to help us preview the MLS Cup. Uh, it'll it'll be really we've set it up so that they have to compete for our affection and for your affection, listeners. So uh, definitely stick around, listen to that, and uh, let it guide your rooting interest when you watch the game Saturday. Uh, it'll be on you know, big Fox. So it'll be, you know, easy to watch and should be a fun time Saturday night. They're both, they're pretty good soccer teams. I, I, I am, I, I will admit they are both uh, playing at a very high level right now and they're, they're capable of some really exciting stuff. So stick around for the preview. Make sure you watch the game on Saturday before we, we bring them on though. Jason, what are you drinking? Uh, I ran out of my, uh, delightful suitcase of um, uh, Devil's Backbone and I did not go to that liquor store. It was a little further away uh, and so I went to the one that's closest to me and it doesn't really have very much uh, and I ended up buying the good old-fashioned 30-pack uh, of NWSL sponsor Budweiser. So it's the same Budweiser that you were drinking a year ago when we 
when well, we that one wasn't a Budweiser. Yeah, that one that one was an Oktoberfest. Uh, which also was not true at any point. Uh, I did not <laughs> and will not be drinking week old beers or like at this point, year old beers. You know, um, Jason, because I like to live. Nursing a drink is is a perfectly fine thing to do. Don't and let nursing anyone it for an entire year is fine. I feel like you guys need to see the show review. There's a review where he uh, has to eat a fast food item. That is that went out of uh, commission while he was lost at sea in a different episode. Um, and so when he eats this, he finds a hoarder who has stored this one, like uh, it's like a Taco Bell knockoff kind of place. And uh, he eats this thing called the Locorito. Uh, and it completely, it doesn't kill him, but it basically completely ruins his life in multiple ways. It doesn't just give him food poisoning. It gives more him than, food poisoning the worst time. More than, more than all the pancakes. Uh, yes, uh, though I think he, I still think the character dislikes the uh, pancake challenge more than the Locorito. Okay. Um, which is, by the way, anytime pancakes uh, come up is the first thing I think of. I think of Forrest McNeil uh, just being disgusted with the idea of eating. Not even, I mean, 15 pancakes is a lot, but it's not like incredibly too much I mean, pancake. That's a lot of pancakes. It's a lot. No, it's a lot. I'm saying like when you think of a disgusting amount of pancakes, you probably think of a higher number. I don't know. Fifteen is a lot. Maybe Ben. Maybe you're the Forrest McNeil of this show because he maybe. also was like, "This is beneath me. <laughs> this is stupid." It's not um, beneath me. It's just too many. We might have to tough. explore this concept more yeah. later. Ben, Ben, what are you drinking tonight? Just to get your mind off of so many pancakes. Is it only fourteen pancakes? <laughs> I am drinking fourteen pancakes, liquefied <laughs> with vodka. No, I'm drinking um, um, a, a bourbon and diet ginger ale. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to reduce the amount of caffeine right now just because it's dark. My sleep is messed up. I need to sleep better. So That's fair. That's all. Uh, this weekend, a friend of ours dropped off a, a rum cake and some home-baked cookies and a homemade spiked punch and i was planning on drinking that punch on this show but um i i end up not getting it out because we had an open bottle of um dry riesling from chateau saint michel and it's probably my favorite white wine and so i just went kept that train rolling um and went with that so uh the the chateau saint michel is not an endorsement of seattle it's a washington state wine that's not endorsement of the Sounders. We'll find out in the next segment who I end up rooting it's actually, for. It's actually it's also a Virginia wine because it's owned by uh, uh, Virginia's Altria. That's right. A huge so, so, so it's, corporation. It's, it's, it's tobacco wine. I'm not going to speak any any <laughs> other words about because I will get myself in trouble. Um, I think, without any further ado, we will uh, we will get into it. The 25th MLS Cup goes down this Saturday night. Uh, the Columbus Crew will host defending champion Seattle Sounders. Watch it Friday. or Wow. Uh, Friday. Coming in hot Friday? here. Yeah. I, I can't read my own handwriting, apparently. Watch mm. it on Fox. That's what I had written down. Watch it on Fox, Unimas, and Tudiene at 8.30 p.m. Eastern uh, in what is now a well-established t- tradition here on filibuster we've done it two years previously now uh which is very well established as far as filibuster goes uh we've asked a couple of friends who know and love these teams to compete for our love i i mean help us preview the game uh the real goal for this episode is to uh help you listeners who are ostensibly neutrals as dc united fans uh help you guys pick a team for one day and one day only between these two uh our our contestants tonight representing seattle uh, we have Susie Rance from Sounder at Heart. Hey, Susie. Welcome to Philadelphia. Hey, thanks for having me. What are you drinking tonight? I am drinking uh, Truly Hard Seltzer. It's like a lemonade flavor. Mango lemonade. The, the, lemonade, the lemonade ones are far better than the regular seltzer yeah. ones. Yeah. It basically tastes like lemonade, which is really dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> I'm here for it. Uh, for Columbus, we have uh, Massive Reports, Ori Benatar. Uh, welcome to the show, man. What are you drinking yeah. tonight? Uh, water. I'm boring. 
Eh, that's fine. We have plenty of people who drink water on this show. Not yeah. probably, me, probably the plurality of our guests just drink water. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So you're in, you're in very good company there. Uh, let's get this thing started with some basics. Just uh, what's your team about? What's what's their identity? Think of this as an opening statement. Your your first chance to try to convince DC United fans that that your team is where it's at. Uh, by virtue of a toy cost, I just performed in my head. Coin cost? Yes. What's happening, Adam? I don't know. My mouth isn't working tonight, guys. Uh, Susie, take the mic before I, oh, I no, talk myself into first. more trouble. Uh, I think people know and uh, that this is a common place for the Sounders recently to be in MLS Cup. So a team oh, that's look at us. <laughs> without bragging, it's just the facts. Um, I mean, yeah. I think that this kind of more modern day Sounders squad is really defined by having a core group of designated players or some of the stars who just work super hard. It's a team that um, thrives in like everyone putting in all of the effort. And that was pretty evident in their come from behind win in the Western Conference final. Um, so uh, maybe not just one star, but but lots of players who could, could change the game at any minute. Um, and then a team that loves to get touches on the ball um, and and possessed and uh, kind of use all spots on the field. Ori, same question. So I think for the Columbus crew, obviously, this team has started to move past the area of 2017-2018 of the fear of losing the team. Of course, Save the Crew happening two years ago on the date of October the 12th. And now with Caleb Porter at the helm in his second season, this team has been able to bring in some big new signings. Lucas Zellerayon, record signing for the club, Darlington Nagby, as well a two-time MLS Cup champion for Portland and Atlanta. And this team has believed from the start that they can be in this position. And now they're in this position with some great possession play, you know, with a clinical finisher in Jossie Zardes and one of the best defenders in Major League Soccer and a great leader. Jonathan we'll get back into Jossie Zardes in a little bit. Okay. But yeah, you know, also Jonathan Menzo's had his best season for Major League Soccer. And what a story it's been for the Columbus crew, you know. They got some help from the likes of New England and Nashville for beating the higher seeds like Philly, Toronto, and Orlando in order for Columbus to be in the fortunate position to host this game on Saturday. But, you know, this team has been, you know, playing some great great soccer for all of 2020 have dealt with a lot of challenges in regards to COVID and travel. So, you know, this is a very likable team and, you know, Seattle Sounders as well. They've had a phenomenal, phenomenal run and the crew are literally going to have to take the trophy out of their hands. You know, to be the best, you've got to beat the best. Uh, I think traditionally, if you're going to go um, with that line, you have to finish it with a woo. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I guess I'll reverse the order. So, um, Ori, I'll ask you this first. Um, we're we're neutral, so what we want is more games like some of these other completely wild playoff games. Um, if there's going to be somebody who is the the source for all of this uh, crazy late drama, goals, uh, spectacular plays, who is it going to be, and why should we as DC United fans uh, be? What's going to entertain us about this player? So two come to mind because they've both had situations where they've come up late in games and created drama and have been, you know, catalysts for the team. Lucas Zellerion and Pedro Santos are the two, but I think Pedro Santos more so because he's come up to score some big game winning goals and get some assists for the team. He had a hot streak, you know, with 11 goal contributions in 10 games in the fall when Columbus was starting to build some momentum at home, despite having poor form on the road, you know, this team, will finish 2020 without a true road win, which is pretty spectacular, honestly. And now they're in a final. But, you know, Pedro Santos as well, he got the game-winning goal against Nashville in that Eastern Conference semifinal. He has the flair for the dramatic along with Zellerion and a lot of the other Columbus crew players. So if this game gets into extra time and it gets, and it gets close to the death, look for Santos and Zellerion to be those guys that could come up with the, uh, the big championship moment. Uh, Susie, same question. I know it's it's kind of a tough one. I, I I'm sure we can narrow it down, but uh, I'll <laughs> let you I'll let you make the pick. Yeah, I mean, I think that uh, this may be the deepest bench that the Sounders have had in history. So 
Um, I guess I would say if you're relying on someone late turning to the bench, as we saw again in the Western Conference Finals, um, is probably who you're gonna who you're gonna look to if you're looking for someone to change the game. With that said, I don't think I would put I would I think the person I would put at the top of the list is Raul Rui Diaz. The guy mm-hmm. just scores goals in playoffs. Um, he's proven that now for three years. So um, I, he'd probably be at the top of my list with subs. Whoever is starting and on the bench, whoever comes in as a sub, probably could be a game changer too. So where I'm coming from, this is off the field, but it still uh, could be a way for you to make us love your team. Uh, Both of your teams have uh, potential new DC United head coaches on their uh, current coaching staff. Uh, with uh, uh, Gonzalo Pineda at the Seattle Sounders and Ezra Hendrickson at the Columbus Crew. So, uh, Susie, why should why should we steal Gonzalo Pineda uh, from your team? Uh, <laughs> well, I guess I'm speaking to DC United fans, so I'll, I'll, I'll give you a not honest answer. My honest answer is you shouldn't, but... <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, oh, why shouldn't we steal him from a Seattle point of view? I, I think the players, all of the players at the Sounders right now, he's like at the top of the list uh, in terms of who they reference for just the the changes and knowing and being able to adapt to tactics and just the guy has a soccer mind like unlike any other. Um, he was a great player. He's still really young too, which means I, mean, I think that's yep. exciting if you're looking to build for the future. Um, you really have we a are. coach too. <laughs> yeah, you have a coach who, who knows a ton, who know who's who's been in a system that wins and um, has like every player across the board um, buy-in. So that would be my pitch, but I don't think anyone should listen to it. <laughs> no, no, we we I mean, all of us, uh, all of us on this podcast want. I think all of us uh, have Gonzalo Pineda as our number one. Uh, current MLS assistant or current MLS coach <laughs> at, at, uh, on our list. So, Ori. I think wh- you'll, wh- ask, wh- you'll ask you about um, the the crew um, coach connection. And I guess my other yeah. plug there is he's got ties to the Sounders too. So yeah, oh, yeah exactly. <laughs> so Ori, why should we take uh, Ezra Hendrickson? Cause he looks, he looks yeah. good too. Yeah. I mean, Ezra Hendrickson is, you know, just, he wins. He's got that championship experience played for the crew under Siggy Schmidt in that 2008 team that won the club's lone MLS Cup, you know, in his final uh, season in Major League Soccer and in his career. And then he moved on into the coaching realm and, you know, learned under Siggy Schmidt at the Seattle Sounders, was an assistant there when, you know, they were starting to build their team up into a winning, you know, dynasty and then was at the Galaxy for a season now with the Columbus crew and oh, under that's, Caleb that's, Porter. That's a negative Galaxy. Uh, yeah, one year of the Galaxy, and then Porter <laughs> got him and his staff for the, for the Columbus crew, and he's he's done a great job for, for this team. And, you know, he's going to bring championship experience. If he is at D.C. United, we'll have to see. But that's kind of my pitch there, you know, somebody that's learned under, you know, one of the best managers in Siggy Schmidt. You know, I think a lot of people will be thinking about him on this final on Saturday since, you know, he yeah. helped Seattle and Columbus so much. Yeah. That, yeah. Sure. I mean, that, that is true. Like Siggy's, Siggy's great. We, we all miss him. Yeah. They, they named the coach of the year award after him, right? Yeah. Yes. So it, and it's, it's the correct thing to do, obviously yeah. um, giant in, in American soccer. Uh, let's talk fan culture. A little bit. Seattle, obviously, very well supported. In fact, invented if you culture. ask them, they they invented fan culture. Uh, <laughs> the crew still exist because of uh, the supporter-led Save the Crew movement. Ori, we'll start with you. What's a staple of crew support that we might not know about outside of Ohio or that's underappreciated outside of the fan base? I think, you know, after the crew was saved, you can see the commitment behind the fan base and the loyalty as well because they feel that this team is such a strong part of the community. And now with the development and the building of a brand new stadium in downtown, that's going to further create more of a community tie of the Columbus crew into, you know, the capital of Ohio. I was born in this city. I've, you know, lived here most of my life and the crew has been a part of my life. You know, they played their first game a month before I was born. So like I'm a month younger than the Columbus crew. So they've been a part of my life, you know, since I've existed And, you know, the fans bring that commitment and that loyalty, you know, when they play and 
when they have the chance to go and be at games, luckily enough, most of the Columbus crew games have been in front of 1500 fans at a very safe distance. And they've conducted that very, very well from a safety protocol standpoint. So from a fan culture perspective, commitment and loyalty for the Columbus crew, they, they are by their guys the entire time. And in 2021, if the crew play Austin FC, Oh boy, that's going to be a rough oh, game. Yeah, I just, I just, I'll just interject. Uh, I was, I was born and raised in Cincinnati, and I just remember going to so many Cincinnati Silverback games back in the day before uh, MLS even existed, and there were so many DC United players on those Silverback, uh, those Silverback teams, and oh, those were good games to go to. Those were fun. <laughs> They were just fun. Ben's just gonna walk down memory lane. Just ignore me. I'm just. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna float through memory lane over here. My first Sounders game was when they were still in USL, and um, they were playing a friendly against U.S. Youth National Team, and Freddie Adu was supposed to come, and I was like, "Oh, that would be interesting." He didn't show up, but that was my first Sounders experience. I, um... I, I I watched a I one of my uh, uh, I had a date with a uh, high school girlfriend on uh, one of Freddie Adu's first games. We were supposed to watch it on TV uh, in Cincinnati, and uh, that that was the only time we ever went out on a date. <laughs> <laughs> the only Freddie Adu game I ever saw was the DC United Legends match, the last day at RFK. Mm. He he I, played in that. <laughs> I, I went to a whole season's worth of, or yeah, multiple seasons because uh, like, you've I, been to every- I don't go anywhere. Uh, I've just been <laughs> here the whole time. Um, and so, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't yeah. Know, I don't know Adam, Adam, and, Adam and I are both, both Midwesterners that moved uh, to uh, the, the DC area ish, but Jason's just been here forever. Yeah. There is no DC or or Maryland more specifically without Jason. I don't think. Uh, I don't know if that checks out historically. <laughs> it probably should. Jason, yeah. are you a Jason? Are you Lord Baltimore? Uh, maybe, maybe not. Look, we don't like to talk uh, to people <laughs> from outside Maryland about these sort of things. We like to keep that in house. We need to keep need to keep that information to ourselves. Um, so, guess, Susie, hold on, Susie. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What is what is the underappreciated aspect of of Sounders support? Yeah, I think people are aware of like the attendance numbers. Um, I would say that what makes the club uh, and the support so unique is just how connected, especially the coach Brian Schmetzer is to the fan culture. He's a member of Emerald City supporters. Um, he is like every game after every game, he's he's the first to give a shout out to the fan support and the supporters. Um, and I think he just gets the culture a ton and it makes such a huge difference in the support that's given back to the team. Um, even after the last game, his first comment was just, man, I really wish fans could have been here. Um, that, that was the first thing he thought about. So I think that's, that makes the club super unique. Is he just like everyone's cool dad? <laughs> that's he definitely such, the aura he, I, he gives off. I envy his dad vibes. I have two young kids and that guy, is, I don't know if Brian Schmetzer has kids, but he is a dad. I love how many people came to his defense when he said that Alexi Wallace's comments made his mom mad. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I would take Brian Schmetzer's uh, side over Alexi Lawless for sure. Yeah. Side unseen. Yeah. 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 Like yeah a popular, pretty popular position um, <laughs> at this point. Um. I guess that one thing I'm thinking about with these with these teams is, uh, you know, they're obviously the big stars. We've talked about some of the the huge name players, but every team that wins the championship has someone that's that classic unsung hero. Um, I'll, I'll come back to you, Susie. Uh, who is the 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 player that Seattle cannot win without, but also isn't really getting enough attention at this point? It's mm, a good question. I think that it's a little unfair because it's very possible that he's um, going to get a lot of playing time in the MLS Cup final. Uh, but I feel like Gustav Spenson, he's been really underrated this year because he hasn't played as much. He he just tested positive and recovered from COVID. So he um, uh, was not available for the last regular season and playoff games until the last one. Uh, he just, he's really good at, 
switching the ball, long balls. He just brings something that the team doesn't have. And you saw like the grit at the end of the, the last game that he brought. So I have a special place in my heart. I thought he was the best player on the field in the MLS Cup last year too. Uh, and got a little overshadowed because he didn't score goals. You know, those midfielders who just put in a ton, ton of work and do their jobs. Um, that's that's who I think of as um, the kind of player he is. Uh, Ori, same question. I, I'm, I'm interested to know if we're talking about the same area of the field, uh, because that's kind of where my head went as well when I was thinking about this question. Well, Susie mentioned a central midfielder, and I am going to, too. And it's one name, one person, Artur. Artur has been one of the most consistent players for the Columbus crew this season. And obviously, in that center of the park role, you've got Nagby, you've got Artur, you've got Zellerion. Zellerion and Nagby are the people that, you know, press and a lot of others are going to talk about. Artur is such a solid player, and he's had a phenomenal season for the crew. He's got as many regular season goals in his crew career as playoff goals now because, you know, he scored back when they played New York City FC a couple of years back, and he got the Eastern Conference winning goal, an inch-perfect finish past Matt Turner. And besides, you know, having that potential instinct to score a couple of goals, his defending is, you know, on par with, you know, some of the better midfielders in Major League Soccer. He likes to come back a lot deeper than Nagby in most uh, games. He's almost playing like a sweeper-stopper role in some situations. You'll see him in the middle between uh, Mensa and Josh Williams, the two crew center backs, a lot of the time whenever Columbus is coming back defending. So Artur is an unsung hero to the national scene, but crew fans love this guy, the young Brazilian midfielder, and he's been instrumental to their success this year. Uh, His finish in the 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 Eastern Conference Final was unreal. Yeah, phenomenal. And Matt Turner was on his head that game, and they Mm -hmm. needed that inch-perfect finish. But also, Jonathan Mensah, that's a great assist, too. You know, on that that stick was great. First time right into the path in the space, and that's all the crew needed. Yeah, Mensah really earned having his first name on his jersey with that that play. (laughs) Definitely. I I love that we – we're talking about unsung heroes, but we are also talking about the two semifinal game-winning goal scorers. Yes, um, <laughs> it's true. Which is a rare thing for guys that play those positions. Uh, it's it's kind of wild that that's how it turned out for both teams. Is that the the guy that has to sit deep is also ending up being the the hero that got them to MLS Cup. Uh, obviously, you see that a little more dramatically um, in, in that uh, Minnesota seemed to have that one in the bag, uh, which was. I guess it's not a surprise, right? The way the whole playoffs have gone, uh, just a nonstop barrage of like, well, it's stoppage time. So obviously the team that's winning now has to end up losing. Well, I, I also think Seattle more than any team in MLS is, has a history of overcoming multi-goal deficits. This might just be the fact that I'm a DC United fan and I have, I have trauma from losing a four goal lead (laughs) to the Sounders and losing the game. Um, but I, I feel like that's something Seattle is capable of doing. They showed it, of course, uh, over the weekend. Yeah, I think that is a lot, of, like it's connected a lot to the way that Schmetzer, his coaching style, where it's just like pure faith in the players. Sometimes like tactics and subs aside, it's like, I believe in these players and they're going to know it and you leave it up to them. And that shows in like the grit and the results they get. So, um, my last question is about uh, is related to what Adam was just saying. It's about players on y'all's teams that are United killers. Uh, on the Columbus Crew, I feel like Harrison Awful is a United killer. He he just scores goals against DC United. Uh, on the Seattle Sounders, it's obviously Will Bruin. He just scores goals against DC United. Maybe the no matter. DC United killer. Yeah, 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 he did. He did it. He did it at Houston too, and he's continued yeah. to do it at uh, at Seattle. And so, uh, if you all have have opinions on other United killers, feel free to bring them in. But why should we forgive your United <laughs> your your players who just destroy DC United? And uh, why should we forgive them? Uh, uh, Ori, go 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 first. Hmm, why should you forgive Harrison Afool? Because 
Because he, he, he scores many goals against DC United. Yeah, and he he had one goal this year against Orlando City. That was a that was a banger in the crew's well, last. Uh, that, well, that's a good argument for forgiving him, argument, be, especially for Ben. Because yeah. I hate I hate Orlando City. Okay, so there you go. He scored it. <laughs> he scored an equalizer literally minutes after Nani got sent off in that uh, road loss to Orlando City. But Arison Afool's an entertaining right back. You know, obviously he's had his criticism this season. You know, he's one of. He, him and Waylon Francis are the only two players left on the team that started in the 2015 final against Portland at Montfrey Stadium. So that's a pretty interesting statistic there. But Afoul has had a couple of really solid performances, but he's also had his moments where he gets dispossessed in his own half and, uh, you know, can outrun potentially an attacker. So that could be an area where Seattle look to attack, especially if Afoul and Milton Valenzuela are overlapping a lot, which they do like to do in possession. So, but Afoul's entertaining to watch because if there's one thing that crew fans know, they have a bingo card for a game. You're guaranteed a Harrison Afoul bicycle kick clearance. And we got two of those in the Eastern Conference <laughs> Finals. So if you want some entertaining defending, Columbus Crew's Harrison Afoul. Got our share of one of those too. And knew who. I would say my argument for why you should forgive Will Bruin is um, – well, he's just a pretty good, funny guy, but um, he also is overcoming an ACL injury. So if you're rooting for someone like that, I think it's it's worth the forgiveness. <laughs> Not. And he's also a new dad, so. <laughs> oh, that's, that's a better argument. Okay. <laughs> I'd also say if you're looking for, he's probably going to come into the game if the Sounders are chasing a goal. Um, so if you're looking for an entertaining match, um, you want to root for Will Bruin to be on the field, um, and to do something exciting. Okay. Uh, Susie, you kind of touched on, uh, my final question, which is, uh, uh, this is, it's no secret to our listeners, at least that this is a show for weirdos. Um, and so I want to know about who, who is the weirdo on your team? Who is the, who's going to do the strangest thing in this game? I think I know Seattle's answer because he might be the biggest weirdo in the league. Um, but I, I don't want to put words in your mouth. So uh, who, who is the weirdo of note for this one? Well, I, I did just mention um, knew who the left back for the Sounders. I will say, I think he had a bicycle clearance a year ago in the playoffs, um, which was actually like, there was nobody around him and completely unnecessary. Uh, so that's the kind of thing you'll, but I, but my, my caveat is that I do think new who has really grown a lot this year and, and isn't prone to some of the like really entertaining dives to and tackles. Um, he's been a little bit uh, more of a just pure lockdown defender this year. So I, I know that's not really answering your question, but he's still just like, the way the guy makes runs up the left side of the field, everything about him is entertaining. Yeah. I feel like I want to start the free new who hashtag. Oh, I love just new who choo choo trains coming. <laughs> the one other player though, um, that I know it's not fair to answer two players and it's totally off the field. But if anyone does not follow Raul Ridiaz on Instagram, he is just like, the most like kid at heart loves his two kids weirdo like he greeted his kids at the airport in spider full-on spider-man costume he's just like, like a goober like just <laughs> super entertaining he he posts videos of him in the ice bath with like rubber duckies swimming like that's the weird kind of guy he is off the field <laughs> just have raul goober rui diaz as the pa announcer's uh starting lineup <laughs> announcement i'll make I don't yeah. make people really interested in MLS comp. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Ori, same question. Who is the eccentric for the crew? Who, who's uh, who's going to do something bizarre uh, on Saturday? So I know who could do something potentially bizarre, but the first thing I'll say is regard to off-field subs. This is my first year covering the team. So, And obviously mm-hmm. with COVID the way it's been, I haven't been right. able to really meet a lot of the players and get to know them on a personal level. I'm hoping to do that next season or in the years to come, you know, when this – pandemic is finally over but you know crew is very laser focused when they play but the one guy that comes to mind for somebody that he just does what he wants on the field and you know he's got the talent to do it and he's developing that talent Luis Diaz and he's had to step in 
to that right wing role in these last two playoff games. Once Derek Etienne was listed on the uh, not medically cleared to playlist, once the Nashville game came along and Luis Diaz is a guy that he's got, you know, world-class speed. He's, he's just going to run by anybody. The guy loves to shoot at weird angles. He likes first time crosses and, you know, he hasn't scored this season, but he's tried to score a lot of goals this season. And he's a very, very fun player to watch. And he's getting better over time. But in the early parts of the season, you could see his decision-making needed a little bit of uh, tuning. But this kid is getting a lot better. But he's really fun to watch. If you want just, you know, oh, what the hell? Let me just take a shot from a you know 50-degree <laughs> angle from 25 yards out. Lu- Luis Diaz. So he's he's a banger in waiting, is what you're saying. For sure. I, I think... If he scored in the final, that would be insane, honestly. If that's the time where he finally got that first goal. The other player that on the Massive Report podcast that my colleagues always predict will score a goal is center back Josh Williams because he's just, you know, the man, essentially. Uh, we, have, we have Josh Williams feelings on this podcast. You do? From like, Well, from like uh, 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 Toronto days, just like oh. ancient days. Wow. We this have podcast been has been around for a minute. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is our 431st episode. Wow. I, I will, I was... On the Toronto front, I'm so glad that we're not playing Toronto. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm that, so that. I, I'm interested. Yeah, from your perspective, uh, Susie, the fact that you guys are playing and the first time ever you're not playing Toronto in a final, <laughs> that must be a little bit refreshing, right? It's, yeah, it's a ch- in the same way. I'm. We are all so tired of facing the Timbers in the playoffs. It's just some things need yeah. to change. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, maybe you know. It, it's been I think the last six years now. If we count this year, it's been either Seattle or Portland representing the West. Um, I mean, I'm sure you do, a, you want one half of that to change, but not the other. As someone who dislikes the. As someone who hate uh, who dislikes the galaxy, I'm fine with that. <laughs> Fair. That's true. I mean, I I think that it's super healthy for the rivalry. So um, in some ways, I'm I'm kind of all for it. I know that might not be every Sounders fan's answers, but if if it was if it was lopsided, it wouldn't be as exciting. So I like I like having the Timbers always challenging the Sounders for that spot. We'll see if FC Cincinnati gets to the point where they can start challenging the crew, <laughs> especially, you know, how, uh, but honestly, I think once Austin FC gets into the league, that's going to be the crew's biggest rival just from the standpoint of, you know, mm-hmm. what yeah. the owner tried to do as far as to fan hate. Away. Uh, sure. As far as Although, fan, because Columbus everybody been, hates, pre- everybody hates pre. Yeah. And Columbus <laughs> has been beating Cincinnati for the most part. They lost one game to them this year. They, they played like 20 games this year against each other. And then they finally mm-hmm. stopped in October. Um, although, you know, you guys, th- there's some history between Seattle and, and Columbus with Hat Week and, <laughs> and all that. I, I don't know much about, no. about Hat Week, Adam, but Adam. I, I know it's a thing. It doesn't Susie sound knows like, what it is. It doesn't I know what it is. <laughs> it's a um, weird thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like the tri- it's like the Trillium Cup. It's not a thing. <laughs> I think Hat Week is somehow less manufactured than the Trillium Cup. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> I have one more question about stuff on the field, and then I'm going to quiz you two on some DC stuff very shortly um, to see how much you know uh, to, to you know further cement your status trying to claim DC fans' affection. Before we get to that, I want you to game plan against your own team for a minute. What would you focus on, Ori, if you were up against Caleb Porter and the crew with a cup mm-hmm. on the line? What would I focus on? Well, I'm thinking obviously from a from the possession standpoint because Columbus is a team that really likes to control the tempo of games. And when they control the tempo of games, it's all them. They hold all of the opportunities to create chances. And they've done that in the last three games of these MLS Cup playoffs. So if I'm game planning against a Caleb Porter-led team, I'm thinking, you know, if we get possession – Let's let's hold on to the ball for a little bit, you know. And if you're able to make those pinging balls from the from the defensive side of things and do some nice overlaps as well, just don't allow them to control the tempo. So hold possession for as long as you can, you know, for as efficiently as you can as well. Because obviously, if you hold eighty percent possession, Barcelona knock on wood, and you don't score any goals, then you're not going to do anything. So 
you know, control the tempo and get efficient chances against this team and make sure that you're not allowing Zellerion and Nagby to continually possess the ball and find those spaces and make sure you can get past Mensa because that guy is just a brick wall back there. Susie, how would you take on Brian Schmetzer? Um, I, um, such a, I don't even want to say it out loud. Uh, I would foul Nico Ladero a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Um, try to, I would, I mean, to be a little less blunt, I think I would really try to disrupt the possession in the midfield. Um, and I would try to really get Zardes the ball as much in behind as possible. I mean, they are probably going to rely on Shane O'Neill again and um, alongside Yamar Andrade and O'Neill has proven himself certainly for these playoffs but is also I think a little bit of a vulnerable spot and Zardes is so good at those runs in behind center back so I would really try to pick out that space as much as possible. Uh, you heard Ori talk about how Columbus liked to possess the ball when Seattle has played Toronto in the final, it's Seattle has been happy uh, on those occasions to cede a lot of the initiative to Toronto and to just sit back in a very Ben Olsen, DC United kind of fashion and absorb pressure and then take their chances when they're presented. Do you think that's what we're going to see on Saturday? Or is Seattle going to say, you know what, we've got it, three of the four best attackers on the field. We're going to take the ball to them. I think the tempo is going to be similar to what you, you saw in the Western Conference final, if, if people watched that, which was super fast paced at the beginning of the game. I think that's how the Sounders are going to come out. I'm not sure they're going to sit back. Um, although I think they're so much more dangerous on in transition than they have been in the past. So if, you, if you're going to let them sit back, um, you better be prepared for for being able to release to Jordan Morris and Rui Diaz and other players because they're a lot better at that this year. Mm-hmm. All right. This is my favorite part of, of these, these shows where I get to, to just see if you guys recognize any of these things from DC. I'm going to ask you who or what the following things are. And well, th- this is how I determine my loyalty are this for, about the for Saturday. Or the city? No, this is about DC. And oh, gosh. Like, I, just, I don't have my phone. I'm not going to cheat. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, I'm also not from DC. I, I live 100 miles from DC. So, Ben, maybe you should participate just as a foil. I'm not, yeah. I'm not going to. <laughs> no, you, you know what these things are, Ben. Um, so, Susie, I started the show with you. So, I'll start with Ori on this first one. Who is Jose Andres? My boo. Blank, blank face. No clue. No clue. All right, Susie, for the steal. He is a chef. He's a wonderful chef. He's Spanish, and he also started World Central Kitchen, and he goes to disaster sites and places where people need food and uh, basically pays restaurants there to make lots of food for people who who need it, and he does it all over the world. He also feeds feeds my face in D.C. He's also, yeah, he's (laughs) actually like a a haute cuisine chef. Wow, that's Um, incredible. He's, he's done he's, a lot during the pandemic too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's all great. over the country. He's and over the world. Um, he he went to Puerto Rico after the hurricanes. He uh, he's been in Africa. He's been all over the place. He's he's my perpetual uh, vote if I had one for Nobel Peace Prize because he just does so much to help people around the world. He also used to have a, a cooking show on PBS called Made in Spain, which is hilarious and wonderful. Um, he, he's just a delightful person. Oh, I'm glad uh, I learned about him. I might check yeah. him out. So, uh, Susie, next question goes to you first. What is go-go? I know this. <laughs> the um, panic on well, your face right now is wonderful <laughs> for me on a personal level. <laughs> I, I don't know if this is, this is an answer, but it's not a DC answer, which is the in-flight wireless that you get on airlines. <laughs> <laughs> That is not what we were looking for. That is an oh. answer, but not the or answer. in DC. What does go go mean, or ah, what is go go? Maybe something to do with the segways. I have no idea. <laughs> no, uh, go go is it's the name of the the G League team in DC because it is a homegrown style of music that blends funk and Caribbean and percussion, and it's wonderful. Chuck Brown basically invented it many years ago. Um, 
it is DC's homegrown style of music and it was made to go in clubs and it just goes and goes. Um, one song just bleeds into the next and there's lots and lots of percussion and it's wonderful music. Uh, I'm not from DC. I can't claim go-go, but I love it. It's really good. Last question, or you get to go first. What is mumbo sauce? What the hell is mumbo sauce? <laughs> I haven't heard of this thing ever. My Lord. Uh, it's a sauce filled with you're close. Yeah, you're getting there. So, so it's food related. It is a sauce. It is. It is a sauce okay, that goes so on I'm food. Gonna, mumbo sauce my, is a sauce. Okay, I work. I worked in a kitchen for two years, so I'm going to use my food acumen here. So <laughs> it's not a mother sauce. I know that for sure. So maybe a mumbo sauce. I'm thinking maybe French about it. Okay, I'm thinking maybe a seafood base, like you know, like a crayfish broth, maybe with like a mixture of crab and lobster shell. I'm just guessing. All right, Susie, he's not quite right. <laughs> <laughs> I had have a guess. feeling I wasn't. I'll go with right. like the most basic answer of hot sauce. That's closer. Um, still it's, not right. We're closer. Still not right. It's like so. It's something that you put on fried chicken wings or on seafood at a carryout. Um, it's it's basically a mix of hot sauce, um, whatever the purveyor happens to have, and like Chinese sweet and sour sauce. Um, yeah, it's like, it's, yeah the, the basic is hot sauce and sweet and sour sauce. As, as yeah, far as and I every know. every carryout has its own else. version. I think it was actually invented in Chicago, but it was perfected here in DC, and DC kind of claims it. Um, Do you put Old Bay seasoning on top? I mean, that's, I, I, like that's another Maryland. I mean, you you yeah. can. I, I there there are some like restaurants that are in gentrified areas that will do like. Old Bay wings with mumbo sauce on them, just to try to like <laughs> tick great. all no, the as many it things there. Good, though. So, uh, Ori, I'm sorry. Up. I think I think Susie got one, and you oh, didn't I, get any. So I, I guess I, I have to root. I have to root for the Sounders now. I'm contractually wow. obligated. I don't. What I don't, a metric! <laughs> I got to quiz you guys on Seattle and Columbus now and make things spicy. <laughs> yeah, does Columbus have like a a food thing? Um, downtown is starting to develop with some restaurants. I mean, obviously that area of the city is, it's growing a lot. You know, when my parents moved here. Yeah. Or or can we just, can we just, uh, obliterate your natural food scenes with, uh, Skyline Chili and just like, just like bring in Cincinnati. That's more more Cincinnati, but like, I know, I know, I'm from Cincinnati. I am, I am on record as being extremely against cincinnati chili I'm, which is not I'm chili. extremely pro Cincinnati. i've never had it so i have no uh basis on this and yeah. i keep kosher i have so. been to a wonderful german restaurant in columbus though yeah there's yeah german village and uh, that area of the city is really really nice i mean this place has grown you know exponentially my parents moved here more than 30 years ago and you know they remember when near our house in downtown there was like virtually nothing and now you've got an nhl arena you've got a minor league baseball park you're about to have an mls stadium and you're you're turning yourself they're turning themselves into you know a really really great city in this country yeah and when i was uh in eighth grade we went to columbus and went to german village and had delicious german food and it was it was it was very good yeah we appreciate it um seattle dogs no i've heard of it i don't remember what they consist of it's gonna just you're gonna not be into it when i say it but you're gonna try it when you come to seattle it's a hot dog and the the one important ingredient is cream cheese no Uh -uh. (laughs) No. on the top like as like like you would put ketchup no is it whipped cream cheese just spread. Is it light or like brick? <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking like the br- it's it's pretty pretty I'm sorry. Choosy, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Man, I, I, I've eaten at like a hundred year old restaurant, a hundred year old sushi restaurant in the I district in Seattle. And it was wonderful. I've had wonderful food in Seattle. Um, I think oh, Tom Douglas is dragging. the chef's humble, name there. I'm the bragging over here. Look at me. I'm eating sushi. At the I've fancy been to place. Seattle and I've eaten sushi. I've been to my cousin fancy. knew a place because oh, he looked at me. This is the highest form of bragging. Oh, you have a cousin. Oh, look at No, your your parents have siblings. My God. My God. I am not into the idea of 
a Seattle dog Wait, right now. Is it just but, a hot dog with with cream cheese, or is there are there more things with it? So like an everything bagel fun. bun. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> if you had like an an everything bun with like sesame seeds and poppy seeds, and you no, also maybe had not. like locks still on out. top of it, it would be even more disgusting. I think, there, I think there are versions. To be to be honest, I've only had like the basic version, which is mm-hmm. just those three things. But there, I think that there are versions where, yeah, like locks or other crazy toppings, maybe some relish. I don't know. I don't go that far. Now I know the fish market is big over there. Do you guys have yeah. any fish variations in hot dogs? Ooh, I don't. Not that I know of. Hmm. But what every if, that's every, a market waiting to be exploited, like, Susie. You could make money. I know that sounds so gross, though. But <laughs> well, it depends <laughs> on the fish. I mean, if, yeah. you, if you had like a piece of salmon nicely, you know, cooked yeah. in the oven or something, that's no, nice I don't know. Smoke, or, just, or like just, or, just, or smoke, smoke, like yeah. candied salmon. Smoke. smoke? Hmm. Yeah. No I love the idea of there. yeah of taking taking a piece of salmon and doing some high end process to it or high end cookery <laughs> and just. Putting it atop a hot dog. Like, yep. <laughs> these are where these things belong. Only in Seattle. Only in Seattle. <laughs> Adam, 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 save us. This got appropriately weird. I'm really glad this went in the direction it did. <laughs> Susie Rance, Ori Benatar, thank you so much for coming on the, on tonight and helping us preview the show. Ori, why don't you tell our listeners where they can find you online? Yeah, I'm at uh, obenatar512. That's O-B-E-N-A-T-A-R 512 on Twitter. And obviously you can see uh, latest on all things Columbus Crew from themassivereport.com. We'll have all the coverage for the MLS Cup final. And, you know, I've been there all season long and we'll continue doing it for the game, after the game, and getting ready for the 2021 season. Susie. And I'm on, also on Twitter at Susie Rants, and it's S-U-S-I-E. R-A-N-T-S, because when you have the last name Rants, you have to rant. Um, and then sounderatheart.com is where you can find our stories. All right. Find us, of course, at blackandredunited.com. All three sites are part of the SB Nation family. Uh, we're on Twitter, at blackandredu for the website, at filibusterdcu for the podcast. If you want to support us financially, do that at patreon.com slash filibuster. Send your emails to filibusterpodcast at gmail.com. Download, subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. We love reviews, um, so please send us one. Mostly, though, tell a friend about the show. Tell them about our our fun little traditional, not at all traditional, preview for MLS Cup um, when when you're getting ready for the game. Uh, Thank you all for listening, for Jason and Ben, and thanking Susie and Ori one more time. I'm Adam. We'll talk to you again real soon. Say goodbye, Jason. I I think I would eat the Seattle dog. (laughs) Jason, no! Yep.